0: Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
1: Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live. Work and play. Hey, listen! In the second half of the show today, we're going to have Clay Williams from the Guport Biloxi International Airport Authority, and we're going to get the latest on the airport. Uh, they're doing a great job at recovery, and we're going to have a, a detailed conversation about what's the latest in casinos and and travel and um, business travel and military travel. So, ought to be a terrific conversation. I always enjoy catching up with uh, with Clay. Hey, listen. Uh, you know, it's hard not to not to be uh, have uh, the people of Florida and our thoughts and prayers. We are recording this show 24 hours early because we're having this opportunity to be joined in just a few uh, minutes, uh, in, in just a short time, with uh, Josh Morganman, the top hurricane chaser in the world. Now, As you know, this, this whole situation around Hurricane Ian has unfolded now for almost two weeks. Um, we had incredible agreement in the models that something was going to form. Uh, and then of course it got into the Caribbean it wasn't really supposed to form significantly until it got into the western Caribbean and um, you know, pretty much uh, very unanimous consent on the models that something was going to form and that's what happened and then of course it crosses, uh, becomes a major, crosses Cuba comes out on the other side of Cuba with incredible structure and initially what was going to happen is it was going skirt, to skirt Tampa, I mean it's going to be a significant Significant event for sure, and then as it got further north, uh, the high was supposed to build back in. It was supposed to be trapped, as it still will be, and then eventually uh, it would have made landfall on the northern Gulf Coast. And but it would have it would have lost intensity as that happened. But the way this has played out, uh, because the, uh, the the ridge has been a little bit a little bit uh, stronger, uh, they still expect the high to build in. But if unfortunately, what that meant is that it pushed it a little bit more. To the northeast and now uh, uh, Florida has taking a direct hit and then it's going to stall for up to 48 hours not, not literally stall but it's going to be creeping along so 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 uh, slowly. It's going to be a very very significant event for Florida. I wanted to have the opportunity to visit with Josh Morganman the top hurricane chaser in the world. He just literally finished chasing Fiona. he was in Fiona down in the Dominican Republic and then in Nova Scotia and what a story that is a sort of historic story in terms of his, his storm chasing. But right now, he's literally in his car headed down to Tampa, and we're going to get a bit of a behind-the-scenes look about life as a chaser when they're literally in the hunt. So let's start with just saying good morning to my my really good friend, Josh Morgan. How you doing, buddy?
0: Great, Ricky. Always, always-
1: It's good to see you, man. We'll talk about Fiona in a second. But so, you know, again, this is 24 hours ahead of time, but I'm really curious. And I think the listeners will be too about the the calculus you've gone through over the last 24 hours from it being sort of a weaker storm headed to the northern Gulf to what you're facing today. Take us through that evaluation.
0: Well, it's been a big surprise how it's evolved. You know, I, I have to be honest. I was kind of buying what a lot of the models were saying about it. Uh, you know, just kind of heading into the northern Gulf and getting sheared apart. And you know, folks in Mississippi, did you notice? You know, yesterday and today, how when you step outside, it's kind of that cool, crisp feeling. You know, that, that tells you know why why the northern Gulf is so inhospitable to hurricanes right now, and that's where Ian was supposed to go. The fact that the guidance has shifted and that it's going to come in much, much further south, you know, below that cool, dry air where it's still kind of more tropical is why this is going to be, I think, a much bigger impact than it was. Now, for me, it's not actually – it hasn't affected my plans too much because my plan was always – I just got back from Canada chasing Hurricane Fiona. Um, And I was taking one night of rest, and then I was just basically, you know, just heading down the Florida Panhandle and then down the peninsula. And so it actually hasn't hasn't affected my plans too much yet, even though the the situation in terms of what could happen has pretty dramatically shifted.
1: Well, people should, you know, who have not heard us before, they know, first of all, you've been uh, in 60 Eyewalls are eyes. Uh, probably a Guinness Book of World Records for for uh, storm chases, hurricane chases around the world. You've got your own reality TV uh, series. You you've you've had a couple. In, incidentally, you have uh, your a, a specialist who on storm uh, chasing or specifically hurricane chasing for Weather Nation, and you own your own ad agency in, in L.A. So you're a busy man, literally living two lives simultaneously. But when you go do a chase, Josh, talk about that. You you literally get in your car and you recognize that it's a fluid situation, but you're not willy nilly about about the chase. You know, experience has taught you how to pick high ground, pick safe places to be, but you have to be willing to make adjustments. and And you've done that in in countries around the world. You you've gotten pretty good at this, don't haven't you?
0: Well, I hope so. You know, I've tried to always. You know, my goal is to just get deep into the storm, into the worst part. To one because that's that's the most interesting video footage, but two that's where you get the most interesting and, and valuable scientific data because I collect data on these expeditions. So uh, so that takes me into the jaws of these beasts all around the world. And yeah, I would say the number one thing I've learned, you know, playing this sport for years and years, and I do call it a sport. I absolutely look at it as a competitive sport. Is uh, you know, that you have to just learn to be completely, completely fluid. You know, you can't lock into any plan. With these things, when you're hunting a hurricane, and actually, I would say that that same rule applies to you know applies to you if you're just a resident on the Gulf Coast. You know, whatever plan you have for the storm, whatever you think is going to happen, <laughs> don't don't get comfortable with that scenario or that expectation. Because the thing with hurricanes is the situation is always fluid, it's always evolving, and it's always gonna you know, it's always gonna surprise you. Remember how Katrina was not really supposed to hit Mississippi? That wasn't really you know, Mississippi was not supposed to be ground zero, and it was, that's that's just always how it is with these things. And so, hunting them and chasing them, I've learned how to be that way as well. And uh, you know, I'll tell you, it's been pretty challenging last um, last 10 days, you know, I've had quite a run. I uh, hunted Hurricane Fiona down in the deep tropics where that hurricane was born. Uh, I, I rode it out in a very small town deep in the jungles of the Dominican Republic, then raced up to Canada to get it on the other side. You know, as it was as unraveling and becoming this giant uh, post-tropical cyclone up in that up in Atlantic Canada, and that was really cool because I got to see a hurricane from its cradle to its grave. You know, I sampled it in two places 2,000 miles apart, and I'll tell you that that expedition took a lot of just fluid. Almost like liquid type thinking, just constantly changing on a dime. You know, turning on a dime, just kind of going with the flow. And uh, and it's turning out that Ian is the same kind of thing because it's really models have had a hard time with it, and so that, that requires a lot of flexibility in terms of hunting to get down.
1: So as you as you're headed down to um to that area where the storm is going to make landfall, you think about that part of, of Florida it's uh, traditionally very low and obviously surge is a major major issue from from all of those areas from from uh from Tampa down to Fort Myers and Points in between and even south of there. How how do you you've gotten good at this because you've done it in the Philippines, and Mexico. You've obviously you've been all along the Gulf States for all just about every major, well actually every major storm since Hurricane Katrina. Um, You um, how how do you make sure that you don't end up in a spot where you you could get inundated with storm surge or trapped? It's a great
0: question. You know this is sort of a you know being a professional storm chaser doing this kind of just you know. The hardcore pedal to the metal all the time. You know, it's a daredevil lifestyle, but within that kind of daredevil lifestyle I try to kind of you know, you know, in tennis it's called percentage tennis where you go for the the high percentage shots that are the most likely to you know yield good results and I kinda chase that way. And and part of that is is taking risks but calculated risks, meaning not you know, not doing totally crazy stuff. Now, as it turns out, of course, just because of the nature of these things, I've been in a lot of very crazy situations. And I say chaser dude has nine lives because I've had some very very close calls, but overall throughout the years, you know, I've been in 62 hurricane cores, 62 hurricanes and typhoons and cyclones, so they're called down in Australia. And you know, here I am, still in one piece. You know, never broke a bone, never got stitches. I've had some minor cuts and bruises, but um, you know, it's it's because I do try to. Like I said, you know, make the percentage shots. So with with this particular situation, you know, let's say let's say Ian's going to be coming in really strong in Southwest Florida. You know, let's say, let's say it gets very strong. So the two there are two things that I have to check off on on my on my list. And actually, I, I, again, my thinking the things I think about are the things that residents of coastal Mississippi should think about when a hurricane is coming. So one is it's very simple. It's two things. One is is the building I'm in high enough in relation to how high the water could get you know the storm surge so that that's the one thing so what's my elevation and is that going to be high enough that the water's not going to get to me and it sounds like a very simple question but a lot of people don't bother to check that so that's number one and then number two is is the building enough to withstand the kind of winds that we're going to get you know and so that means you know typically you know don't you know, no mobile homes you know no no uh, trailers and things like that are usually on saved in category one wins and if you get to very very intense hurricanes you have to think of very you know extremely well-built houses or you know at least reinforced buildings or at least large buildings that have interior hallways so you can have like sort of interior places to go so you can get multiple walls between you and the wind but basically just those two those two points That that two-point checklist, I'm just constantly applying that when I'm assessing locations uh, for riding out a hurricane.
1: We're talking to Josh Morgan, the top hurricane chaser in the world who's on his way to Hurricane Ian. We're talking to him 24 hours ahead of this show so that we can talk to him on his way down. Uh, to uh, the, the central west Florida area where the storm is coming in. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk more about it. We'll compare what he's about to face with, the, you know, with, with, is it going to be something like the Dorian experience? We'll see when we get on the other side.
0: Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
1: Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend Josh Morganman, the top hurricane chaser in the world. He works with Weather Nation. He has his own reality TV shows. You can go see, in fact, more about Josh at iCyclone, Cyclone, either on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube. Um, he's uh, prolific in his chases of hurricanes. He creates some incredible video footage that is well sought after. I can I can tell you that. But he's um, he's he's very good at what he does, and I don't advise anyone to go chasing hurricanes, so that that is for sure. He's a hurricane historian, and he's had a lot of success, and he's built up a lot of uh, wisdom. From his from his experience, Hurricane Haiyan, one of the one of the most vicious storms ever in the Philippines, uh, Hurricane Patricia, in Mexico, Dorian uh, that came across Marsh Harbor and stalled. He was there, in fact, presumed dead for a day or two. So he's he's seen it all, and every every storm that you can name, uh, all across the Gulf Coast, uh, he's been in the eyes of them over the past many years. So he, this guy's good at what he does, and again, I don't advise anyone to do it. Josh, as you're driving for, down there, this is 24 hours ahead of when this is actually going to air, so we're t- giving kind of a behind the scenes look at what a storm chaser does. Does it occur to you that the structure of the storm as it comes off of Cuba and it continues to have this incredible environment to get stronger? That it's going to feel and it's going to it's going to somewhat stall as it as it as it makes landfall. It could be more like your Dorian experience, couldn't it? Yeah, uh, you know that is interesting the way the model's really slowing down,
0: and that is going to I think definitely create problems. Now regarding the structure, that's that is uh, that's what I really kind of woke up this morning. You know, I was. Uh, I was aware that it was crossing Cuba overnight, and it was a fairly average hurricane, and I just happened to look at the Key West radar to get a look at the hurricane, and that's when my jaw kind of dropped, and I said, whoa, 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 okay, this thing is like this is a serious hurricane here because of that structure. Now, I know it sounds like to, to some folks who are listening, it probably sounds like we're nerding out, like, what are we talking about, structure? What, what does that mean? So with the hurricane, when you look at it on radar, it's like a swirly thing with swirly bands, and then there's like a little circle in the middle. And I know you know this, Ricky, but just for folks who aren't into this stuff, the more symmetrical and the more kind of perfectly round the hurricane looks on radar, that means the more violent it is, the more destructive it is, basically, the more perfectly circular. And the radar this morning at a Key West showing their, uh, uh, Ian coming off of Cuba shocked me at how kind of gorgeous that structure was and the fact that it had just come off the land and was not disrupted by that interaction at all and actually looked better that that's a warning bell for me now uh, i know folks are going to be hearing this about 24 hours from now so who knows how it's going to evolve but the way it looks right now this thing looks like it could absolutely be a monster for florida
1: yeah, it was uh I was just reading some of the some of what some of the um, uh, more professional meteorologists were saying and um, and of course all this will kind of have played out a little bit by the time this airs, airs tomorrow but one of the things that they pointed out was that when there is a small eye as, as small and as well formed as the current eye is for Ian that it it usually means that it's the onset of rapid intensification episodes, and that it's going to deepen faster. Now, by the by the time this airs, we'll know if that actually played out or not. But either way, it's a da- large and dangerous storm now. Storm now. But if it goes to an eyewall replacement cycle and expands those winds out, and of course the, the storm surge uh, could be also expanded out. It's uh it's kind of a scary situation. So, yeah, you know, what's your what's your sense of where you're headed at this moment?
0: Yeah, it's just, I want to talk about that for a second, the eye replacement cycles, because that's, that's what happened to coastal Mississippi in Katrina. So Katrina was a category five out in the Gulf with a fairly small core. Then it did an eye replacement cycle. The core of the hurricane got bigger. The, the hurricane got weaker. The winds decreased a little bit, but it got much, much bigger. And that was that was what spelled disaster for coastal Mississippi because the the, the aerial coverage of the hurricane, the the size of it, was so huge that the whole Mississippi coast had those gargantuan storm surges all the way out to Pascagoula and beyond, whereas if, if If Katrina had remained a a tightly wound Category 5, it actually wouldn't have been as bad for a lot of the Mississippi coast. It would have been, the the effects would have been more concentrated over a smaller area. So bringing this back to Ian, if Ian does one of these downward replacement cycles, it could weaken, but then it could affect a much larger portion of the Florida peninsula. Now, in terms of where I'm going I'm keeping an open mind about it. Right now, uh, more and more, I'm thinking south of Tampa Bay. That's where the models seem to be evolving. Now, of course, by the time this airs, I'm a very good idea where I'm going to be. But right now, it's looking maybe Sarasota, maybe uh, Punta Gorda, Port Charlotte, maybe even down to Fort Myers if this thing keeps moving, if it keeps evolving. But it seems like the southwest Florida coast.
1: So, Josh, um, anything else you want to say about Fiona before we shift gears? Because I would like to share a little bit about your your Fiona experience. Anything else, uh, excuse me, about Ian before we move on?
0: I think that's good. I don't want to say anything else because I know it's all going to change by the time it's airs.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Hey, we'll say this though, man. Our Thoughts and prayers are with the people of Florida. We will we will watch this thing very closely. Obviously, as we begin to understand impact, um, no matter what plays out here, it's going to be significant. And uh, the people of coastal Mississippi will do what we've always done and help help our neighboring state and and um and and you know, I'll let you know what kind of relief efforts are underway and, and share those with you as they they start to unfold. so Fiona, you made a really bold move you 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 did not go to Puerto Rico, you went to the Dominican Republic, and there was a point in that search where you literally believed that you made a bad decision, isn't there?
0: Oh yeah, you know I, I... Chasing is a real emotional roller coaster. Like I said, I treat it like a sport. Each each hunt is like a tournament. And, uh, you know, I don't like losing. I take it really hard. And I did I did pick Dominican Republic, whereas everybody else, you know, the, the other guys who chased it picked Puerto Rico. And there was I'll, I'll say there was a time when I felt maybe I'd made the wrong choice. Uh, you know, I think it was to get it sort of. Further downstream when it would be stronger That actually ended up the right thinking But you can't be guessing till the very, very end You know, and, and that's also important to me as a chaser You know, a lot of guys like to chase in groups Or kind of in packs, I say And I like to go alone Because I think the whole, you know, the whole I think what makes a chaser distinctive Is, is if, they, if they get into a storm And they come out of it with a unique perspective on it A unique tail, a unique look at it and if you're with you know, if you're with five other guys, you know, you you're not gonna you're gonna just be getting the same story as everybody else. So I really try to, you know, just kind of stay off the beaten track and just kinda do my own thing. And I was glad with this one. I didn't let I knew a lot of guys were going to Puerto Rico and I just I just I kept my head down. I didn't think about that. I just focused on my plan and it and it paid off.
1: It was uh, it was amazing. In fact I was in um uh, in Dominican Republic, uh a few weeks ago, with my family, we enjoyed our time there. We, you know, we liked the country. Country was a terrific country. And you, you ended up in a really, really small town. And after the storm, to get out of there, you actually joined sort of the the work group, helping to remove trees off of the off of the road and all that, so you could get out of there. That that's that's sort of what you do, though, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah that's exactly what happened. I was in this little tiny town. The chase took me to a very, very far corner of the Dominican Republic, not a place that like American tourists go to. And that's just where I was. That's where it took me to get in the eye. And then I was trapped there. And uh, yeah, I saw that you know there was just basically an army of local men just got out there with uh, chainsaws and machetes. And, you know, and just just started hacking away, and I just was basically I was with this little posse of guys, the guys who worked at my hotel. I just joined them, and we just got in this truck, and we went from tree to tree and we'd get on, You know, we'd pull over next to the tree and we'd get out and you know some guys would hack it up with the with the various tools so i'm not good with a machete or with a parrot or with the uh, chainsaw but i am strong so so i was just one of the grunts my job was just to carry like, the debris but we would just get out and we i'll tell you man a whole little army of guys working on trees we were like, it was amazing how fast we were clearing them and we, we got the road out of town clear <laughs> and, then, uh, and then that afternoon i was able to leave
1: yeah, so it's, it's amazing. Okay, so you you were able to get out of there, and thank God you were able to find an airplane. You came back to the. You eventually made it back to to Mississippi, and almost immediately made the decision to go to the far reaches of Nova Scotia. Um, was that a was that a decision that you you know it took you some time to make, or is that something you just wanted to do from the outset? You no, know, it's a good question.
0: So I'm, I call myself a golf snob, you know. <laughs> Granted, I'm not from here, but, you know, I do now living here. And just the kind of hurricanes I like to chase, I like to chase ones that are deep in the tropics or in the Gulf of Mexico that have the the kind of intensity and the tropical structure. Stuff that's up to hitting Canada is kind of unraveling. It doesn't have, like, that tight eyewall anymore. It doesn't have the the kind of characteristics that I go for. But I've been meaning to do it. It was sort of on my bucket list to go hunt a Canadian hurricane. I said, okay, at some point I have to get up there and just do that just, just for the novelty of it and this one the, the the computer models were suggesting it was gonna come in really strong like unusually strong for up there and it did actually uh it was that so Fiona was not it was no longer a hurricane when it hit Nova Scotia. It had lost its tropical structure. What that means it kind of lost that core that little eye wall eye and it became basically like what we call a big nor'easter but it was very intense. I mean, it had it had. The winds were well over hurricane force, and it was extremely destructive. And the other interesting thing was, it brought the lowest pressure ever observed in Canada. I think it was 932 millibars. So, and that that's a national record for Canada. So, this was a this was a significant storm. Now, in terms of go, uh, cool. what's that? Go ahead, Rick.
1: Josh, we're running out of our time together, so we'll, catch, we'll, we'll pick this up uh, in the near future. Uh, be safe at Hurricane Ian, my friend.
0: Thank you very much,
1: Ricky. This has been Josh Morgan, and iCycling. Have a great day. And actually, we'll see you after this break.
0: Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.